So in session one, we saw that in Jesus's day, in Paul's day, that there was a made-up rabbinical law, a fence around Torah, that basically you should not say God's name so that you will not break the commandment, the commandment that says, do not take the Lord's name in vain. So in Jesus' day and Paul's day, the name of God is a big deal. One can say that his name is above all other names, way beyond all other names. His name is so special, it's so set apart. Again, this Jewish practice was part of Paul's day. He knew this. We have to consider all of this in light of the text in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. And we need to remember, we want to put this text into its historical context. The city of Philippi was a Roman um, garrison, uh, a Roman a special Roman city. The Jews had been kicked out at about the time of Paul uh, in certain places, and Philippi was one of them. So he knew, Paul knew when he came to the city that the Jewish people would probably be uh, outside the city someplace meeting uh, at a river or a stream at running water. This is typically where they had the afternoon prayers. Paul is writing probably to mostly Jews in Philippi and probably a smaller group of Gentiles. We don't know how much smaller. Now the Gentiles, they're called Yere Elohim. They're called God-fearers. The Jewish people called righteous Gentiles in those days God-fearers. You can read about this when you think about Cornelius in Caesarea. He was a God-fearer. It actually says it in Greek. It doesn't say it in Hebrew, Yireh Elohim. A God-fearer is a Jewish way of saying that, back then, that these Gentiles claimed that the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is their God. So this is the group that Paul's talking to. He's talking to Messianic Jews and Messianic Gentiles, those who said that Jesus is the Messiah, Lord, and Savior. And both of these groups probably understood that there's a fence around the Torah, the fence around Exodus 27. And that commandment is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Now, we have already studied that a better translation is, you shall not carry God's name into evil or into iniquity or into lies. For the Lord will not cleanse that person who has carried his name in evil or in iniquity. God's name is way beyond all names. His name is Kadosh, holy. It is separate, it's set apart. It's very distinct. God even says this in Leviticus 22:32. He says, my name is holy. My name is Kadosh. And there's many other verses where he says the same thing. Now with all of this, let's read Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. And again, I'm reading from the New American Standard. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. 
Being a found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did you catch it? Did something jump out at you? It's that phrase, God bestowed upon him the name above every name. This is the first century AD. Paul is talking to religious Jews, deeply religious Jews, those now who say that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, the long-awaited one. And among those religious Jews at that time, what is the name above every other name? It's Yahweh. It's God's name that was first revealed to us through Moses. Now, in the first century AD, you can actually study the history because you find that the name Jesus was a common name. It was a common, everyday name, very popular in Jesus's, in Jesus's day. But now, understanding what we have just gone through, by taking this verse and putting back into its historical context, we can now ask, your, we can now ask Jesus, what's your name? What's your real name? Is it Yahweh? Now, Jesus verifies all this in John 17, in verses 11 and 12, these are the words of Jesus in his prayer to his father the night before he dies. He says, I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keeping them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. Jesus is praying and he said father you have given me your name what is the name of god almighty what is the name of god who is the father yahweh is jesus god yes he has to be Paul teaches us that there is only one God. Paul teaches us the monotheism of the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament. This is in 1 Corinthians 8, 6. It's in Ephesians 4, 6. There is only one God. And understanding who Jesus is, understanding what his name is, we can say at the name of Jesus, we will bow and we will confess that Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ is Lord, is Adonai. That's the substitute word that's used in the first century for the name of God, Yahweh. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Adonai. Jesus is Immanuel. Immanuel is the Hebrew for God with us. Jesus is God. 
Shalom.